Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Well, we're coming to the beginning of a new year, and today we ask the question, how can I have a great new year? How can this year, even if horrible stuff happens to me, how can it still be a great year? Well, I want to encourage you, turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 13. You might want to make a copy of Hebrews 13 verses 1 through 6 and put it on your mirror, because if we've resolved to follow Hebrews 13, 1 through 6, you'll have a great year. So let's do this. Turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's pray. Father, we do pray for this coming year. Only you know whether we'll even live through this year uh, because we all die. But Lord, we would pray that each of us would have a great year coming up and that you teach us now how to have that great year. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. Resolution number one, Hebrews 13, verse one. Let love of the brethren continue. Here's the first resolution. Cherish Christian fellowship. Uh, let love of the brothers continue. Now, the question is, why was that written? Was there a threat in this church that the love of the brethren was going to decrease? Well, the answer is yes, there always is. <laughs> when you first go to a church, it's kind of easy to love everybody because you don't know them very well. But once you're in a church for a while, you get to know the people and their warts and familiarity breeds contempt, as they say. And you start wondering, well, maybe I should go to another church. Don't do that because they got warts at that church too. And the first point, the first resolution is that you love Christian fellowship, warts and all. <laughs> I was thinking... In my life, what's been my happiest year? And I think one of them was way back when I was about 26 years old and I was the vicar at a Christian university and five times a week I was part of a worship service. Twice a week I had Holy Communion and I had deep Christian fellowship. And that was one of the most joyous years of my life. So, you know, my, my point to you is if you're not going to a church, your resolution for this year would be, I'm going to find a good Bible preaching church, and I'm going to go every week. I'm going to cherish Christian fellowship. There was a big billboard in front of a church that said, CH blank blank CH. What's missing? Question mark. And the answer was, you are. <laughs> so if you don't go to church, Make that your resolution for this year. Find a good Christian church and go regularly because, yes, you are required to go to church. Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I mean, I get letters and emails now and then, Pastor Brock, you're at my church now. No, I'm not. Every Christian is supposed to get into a church and attend regularly. There was a pastor many years ago in Norway a certain lady came to his church every week, but her husband never came. So he went and knocked on the door, Mr. So-and-so, 
you know, it's important for your Christian life to come to church and to grow in your faith. Won't you come to church this week? Never showed up. He, the pastor did it a few more times. Never showed up. Well, finally, the man showed up in church for his funeral. And the dead body of this man is, is at the front of the church. And the pastor did something during the sermon that I wouldn't have done. But during the sermon, he comes down and he points at the dead body and says in Norwegian, Fursint first sent, which is too late, too late, too late for you to come to church now. I want to encourage you, if you don't regularly go to church, make that your number one resolution for this year. Second resolution is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Second resolution is be nice to strangers. It could be an angel. Angels can look like normal humans. So let's say you're sitting in your house and a knock on the door. You go to the door. We're the Jehovah's Witnesses from the Kingdom Hall down the street. We'd like to give you our Watchtower magazine. What do you do? You say, you cultists, out, slam the door. Well, that's not hospitable. So here's what you do. Hello, we're the Jehovah's Witnesses. We want to invite you to, etc. And you say, well, thank you. You'd be very polite. Um, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus is God. John chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 2. And I know Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe Jesus is God. You think the Trinity is of the devil. So I'll be praying for you. And if you'd like, I'd, I'd love to take, invite you to come to my church. You're very polite. Treat strangers politely because it could be an angel. Let's look at our next resolution, Hebrews 13, verse 3. Remember the prisoners as though in prison with them, and those who are ill-treated, since you yourselves are also in the body, meaning, and that can happen to you next. Here's the next resolution. Remember persecuted Christians. Remember that in certain parts of the Middle East, you die if you're a Christian. Way back in the year 160 A.D., Lucian was a satirist. He was not a friend of the Christian faith, but he talked about how Christians take care of the persecuted. A certain Peregrinus had been arrested, and, he, and Lucian writes this. Christians left no stone unturned in their endeavor to procure his release. When this pro proved impossible, they looked after all his wants in all other matters with untiring devotion. From earliest dawn, old women, widows they called them, and orphan children might be seen waiting about the prison doors while the officers of the church, probably the pastors, uh, were trying to bribe the jailers so they could spend time at night inside the prison. Meals were brought in and they went through their sacred formulas, their prayers, etc. Christians used to really take care of their fellow persecuted. So can I encourage you to do something? You go to persecution.org and you get this magazine for free. I get this every month. It'll tell you who's being beheaded where, where Christians are in, are in prison, where churches are being blown up. And you pray for these people. And if you feel so led, you give to this group that helps persecuted Christians around the world. Persecution.org. So... So far we've learned we're going to devote ourselves to Christian fellowship. We are going to be nice to strangers. We're going to remember the persecuted. The fourth resolution is from Hebrews 14, verse 4. 
Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled for fornicators, that's sex outside of marriage, and adulterers, God will judge. Here's the next resolution. Be committed to sexual purity. Let me tell you something you're not going to hear on TV, that's for sure. Sexual intercourse is for marriage only between a man and a woman. If you're single, God expects you to abstain from sex. That includes pornography and masturbation, I believe. And if you blow it, you ask for forgiveness, but then you get up and you commit yourself to sexual purity because God judges the fornicators and adulterers. Now, and when I preach, oh, but pastor, that's so hard. Not having sex when you're single, that's so hard. Well, wait a minute. Sin is harder. Years ago, my, the church I served for 29 years, Hope Lutheran Church, was across the street from a big Catholic church. One Sunday morning, I think I was preaching on, you wait till you're married to have sex. I think this was the Lord. I don't know how they wandered into our church. Some teenage boys from the Catholic Church were in our church that day. I think they heard that sermon because when I go out to the lobby after church, these teenage boys come up. Are you kidding me? Are you, and I'm single, I've always been single. You mean you're not supposed to have any sex before marriage? I said, that's right. Well, why? That's ridiculous. That's all. I said, no. I said, my, my point was sin is harder than abstinence. And why can't we have sex before marriage? I said, gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, AIDS. And I said, boys, there's one other big reason not to have sex. 1 Corinthians 6 says, fornicators don't go to heaven. And if you get into premarital sex and you never repent of it, you're going to hell. Yes, I, listen, yes, it's hard to be pure, but it's harder not to. Make this resolution this coming year. I'm going to stay away from people and things that cause me to stumble sexually. My resolution is to be pure and holy this year. And if you're living with someone you're not married to, you need to repent of that. Next resolution is verse 5. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For God himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Here's the next resolution. Uncommit yourself to money. Uncommit yourself to money. Back in the 1800s, there was a preacher, and he, just, he thought it was his mission to go with the men to the gold rush in California. And I'm going to preach to them all the way out there, and then I'm going to start a church and preach to them when I'm there. And so he travels to California, preaches the gospel. When he gets to California, he kind of caught the gold rush fever, put his Bible down, and just started panning for gold like everybody else until he got a, a little bag of gold dust. And on one windy day, the story goes, he went to the top of the hill, untied the bag, and flung the gold dust out to the skies. <laughs> That's kind of smart. Be uncommitted to money and get back to why God puts you on earth. Two men were dying in a hospital. One night the nurse comes into the room and the one man is very peaceful. The other man is very anxious and nervous. And the nurse says, sir, is there something wrong? Can I help you with anything? Well, yes. He's going to his treasure. I'm leaving mine. You've heard the old saying, you'll never see a hearse 
with a U-Haul behind it. So, some wealthy man died, and they asked his wife, how much did he leave? And she said, all of it. This year, be uncommitted to money. And finally, the last resolution is verse 6. Hebrews 13, verse 6, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? Here's the last resolution. Resolve not to fear man. So here's a salesman, Christian salesman. But his boss wants him to misrepresent some things and to do some things that are wrong. And I don't want to lose my job. And I, what do I do? Well, you got you to gotta quote Hebrews 13, verse 6. The Lord is my helper. What shall my boss do to me? Let's say you're a teenager. You want to be popular. You want to have friends, and some of your friends are doing stuff you shouldn't do, but you, you don't want to be uh, ostracized, so you know, should I do what they're doing? Because I don't want to lose my friends. That teenager needs to memorize Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. God is my helper. What shall my friends do to me? Or let's say God has been tugging your heart to share Christ with your brother-in-law. But if I do that, it might cause all kinds of waves and my relatives might get upset with me. Well, that person needs to memorize Hebrews 13, verse 6. The Lord is my helper. What shall my relatives do to me? Let us do this this year. Resolve, I'm going to fear God and not men. And the Lord will help me with whatever happens. All right, let's review this. How can you have a great year? Six resolutions. Number one. I will cherish Christian fellowship. And if you're not in a good Christian church, make that your number one resolution this year. I'm going to find a good church and go regularly. Number two, I will be nice to strangers. Could be an angel. Number three, I will remember persecuted Christians. Again, it's free. Persecution.org. You, you go to that website. You sign up for their free persecution magazine. Number four, I will commit myself to sexual purity. I'll stay away from people and things that cause me to stumble. Number five, I will uncommit myself to money. And number six, I, will, I resolve not to fear man. You know, no matter what happens to you in this coming year, it, again, put, those, put Hebrews 13 verses 1 through 6 on your mirror. Put them in front of you. Pray about it. And that will give you a great year. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us not only his knowledge of scripture, but his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, being that we're getting to the end of the year and you've talked about how to have a great year, mm -hmm. should Christians make New Year's resolutions? You know, Jackie, I used to make them much more in my youth. I don't make them so much anymore. I, I, I never say, God, I vow to you that I'm going to, um, uh, you know, do this. I, I don't do that because it says in he, Ephesians, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says, better not to vow than to vow and not pay. I, I think that's Ecclesiastes 5. That so I don't, I don't make vows to God, God, I'll never do this again, or I'll do this every day. I just don't do that anymore. But nothing's wrong with putting these things before us and making them goals. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, you just said about vows to God. Should we make vows to God? Uh, I don't. And, uh, you know, James says, above all, brethren, do not take an oath and do not swear. So I don't say swear. I, when people say in conversation say, swear to God, I don't do that. J James is very clear. You don't make oaths. You don't swear like that. Just let, Jesus said, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. So Jackie, in saying, instead of saying, I swear to God, I'm going to not uh, drink so much. Well, I'd rather say, God help me not drink so much. <laughs> you know, whatever. Okay. You know, I think people make resolutions, but, you know, even if you do make a resolution, it's hard to keep it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't it be better just not to make resolutions at all? Or is, yeah. as a Christian, should we resolve to do things I, but do I, it differently? I think here's the way I do it. You pray about it. Uh, put Hebrews 13, verses 1 through 6 on your mirror, and you pray, Lord, help me be kind to strangers. Help me love Christian fellowship. Help me uncommit myself to money. You pray for that. But I don't say things like this anymore. God, I'm going to be sexually pure the rest of my life, and I'm never going to fall. I'm going to uh, give my money. To, you know, you just, I'd rather to live it rather than say it. I think that's what the Bible would teach. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've had this question come up before, but I think it's come up again. So do you have any recommendations for people that are out there church shopping yes. or looking for a good church? Because you've talked about all these other ones mm -hmm. that are not good places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, yeah, if I can do this to the camera. Uh, everybody, if you watch this show, you know that there are good Lutheran churches and there are bad Lutheran churches. There are good Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist churches, and there are bad Presbyterian. What you've got to do is you've really got to scout it out. First of all, find a church. Don't let the fact that some churches are messed up give you an excuse to stay home. But what you do is you go to a church and after church, you say, Pastor, can I just ask you a few questions? I'm thinking maybe of joining, but just a few questions. Number one, do you believe the Bible is the infallible word of God? A lot of pastors don't believe that. Pastor, do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? A lot of pastors don't believe in hell anymore. Pastor, do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? Pastor, tell me your views about abortion, premarital sex, homosexuality. And if you get a lot of tap dancing, oh, that's a difficult question. Uh, Christians disagree on these things. Uh, then you don't want that church. But if you get good, solid, of course the Bible's the infallible word of God. Of course Jesus was born of a virgin. Of course he's the only way to heaven. Of course there's a heaven and hell. That's a good church. End of sermon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you know anyone who entertained angels without knowing it? I mean, you hear about this, mm -hmm. that people don't know if it was from God yep. or if it's from the devil yep. and angels you know, unaware. And Jackie, somebody you know and I know, last week told me that when they died, they were going through this black abyss, ended up s sitting in this bright room, two, peop two people brightly clothed, sitting on chairs, telling him, you have to get up, you have to get up. And boom, he comes back to life after being clinically dead for about a minute. And, uh, and I, because I, I'm a pastor now and then, somebody will tell me their angel story. And, um, and angels can't, it never says in the Bible angels have wings or halos. They can look like a normal human. And now and then I, uh, people will tell me their stories. Yeah. Okay. 
Other than praying, is there anything else that we can do for persecuted Christians that are overseas? Yeah, again, um, get this magazine at persecution.org. I pray for these people sometimes. And Jackie, I give money to this group. I want my money to go to something like this. This is a very, uh, it's called International Christians Concerned. They're very highly rated for your money going where it's supposed to go. And so this is one of the pl places, International Christians Concerned, persecution.org, people can give here. and. Uh, uh, that's something they can do is help the persecuted overseas. Do you think persecution is actually coming to the Christians in America? Well, we got to pray because r maybe by the time this show is airing, I'm not sure, right now before the Supreme Court is these Christian bakers, I think, in Oregon who refuse to bake a gay wedding cake. They could not in full conscience put two men on the cake and call it a, we a, a wedding. And so they're being sued uh, and losing money and maybe will lose their bakery because of this. And the, the, un under the Obama administration some years ago, the Obama administration took the Little Sisters of the Poor, a Catholic group that didn't want to be complicit with contraceptives, they had to go to the Supreme Court. Hallelujah, the Little Sisters of the Poor won. But when you see a headline, you know, back during the Obama days, White House versus the Little Sisters of the Poor, you know something's wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I think it is coming to America. And Jackie, we deserve it. Persecution purifies the church. The American church is a very dirty bride. And I heard a, a, a pastor from China say, don't pray for an end to persecution in the Chinese church. He said, persecution, good for church. I don't like it, I don't want it, but it's good for us. Okay. If a person says they're a Christian, but they're living with somebody, mm -hmm. what do you say to that person? You know, you really don't want to judge them. Mm -hmm. I mean... Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say it to anybody watching. If, if you're living with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you're having sex outside of marriage, 1 Corinthians 6 says you're not going to heaven. That's a... 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, fornicators, adulterers, idolaters, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can repent of that, be forgiven and saved, but if you're living in it, uh, you, that's, that's why I just preached, Jackie, that make that a resolution this year. If you're living in sexual sin, make it a huge priority to, to repent of that. Is it wrong for Christians to have, like, nice houses and cars mm -hmm. and things like that? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Somebody once said that you know, your toys reflect what your uh, faith is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, Jackie, I love the t-shirt that says, he who dies with the most toys still dies. <laughs> That's a good one. So, I mean, we just talked about uncommitting yourself to money. I, I don't think it's wrong to have a nice house and a nice car. But I would hope Christians wouldn't have five nice houses and five nice cars and that you'd use the surplus in your life to give to missions, to give to the persecuted, to give to international Christians concerned. I hope, most of, I hope Christians will live simple lives and give lots of money uh, to missions. That's my, my opinion. Okay. When you say about fearing God, but you then turn around and you fear man. Mm -hmm. um, what's the difference? I mean, and is there any advice on overcoming yeah. this fear? How, how do you overcome the fear of man? Yeah. And I will tell you, I'm a pastor and lots of pastors have fear of man. And they'll end up compromising and doing stuff they shouldn't just so certain people will get off their back. 
And, we, and I'll tell you, Jackie, what helped me. <laughs> when our congregation, Hope Lutheran Church, was still part of the liberal evangelical Lutheran Church in America before we left for a more biblical branch of Lutheranism, I had to go to synod convention every year, which was very liberal. And I had to get to the microphone because I felt God wanted me to do it and say, why are we paying for abortions with offering dollars in the ELCA? Why is the pro-homosexual propaganda coming out of the bishop's office? You know, that was hard on me because I, you know, had publicly, politely, but publicly confronting my bishop was kind of hard. You know what I remember doing as I would drive to those conventions, shaking in my boots? I would sing Isaiah 41 verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Be not anxious, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will. And so, you know, memorize a good Bible verse or two. Memorize a good song, and when your heart gets fearful, say that Bible verse out loud or sing, sing in your heart to the Lord. <laughs> Tom, I went to one of those uh, EC, uh, L, ECLA. ELCA. ELCA. The Evangelical Lutheran, Lutheran Church, Church in America, America, which we call the Extremely Liberal Church in America. Right. I went to one with you, and I, I said, I came home, and I said, uh, that's not my church like I believe. I know. And you know, <laughs> Jackie, we didn't leave the ELCA. They left us. They left the scriptures, not us. So. Okay. Um, we are down to just a couple of yeah. minutes left. Sure. And it's kind of nice to give people updates of what's yeah. happening and yep. everything. We're coming up to holidays right. and that. So. Well, everybody, this is about the last uh, part of the year. And I want to just quickly explain, <laughs> we have expanded our ministry a lot in the last six years. We've never had to withdraw from a station that we've added because the money has flowed in. Uh, we did get bumped off in Omaha, but that's because they wanted children's programming. It wasn't a, an, a money issue. We're kind of hitting a slump right now, and we'd rather not pull back from some of the cities. We're in all over the country right now on DirecTV Dish Network, on the Christian Television Network, and then we're on in various cities uh, around the country. And when we get enough money, we add another city. But right now, we might have to pull back some, and we'd rather not. And in fact, we'd rather expand than digress. So can I ask you to do something? Can I ask you to pray for this ministry that we'd be able to expand and not have to withdraw? But then secondly, can I ask you, if the Lord nudges you, pray about supporting us. Pastorstudy.org is where you can give online at pastorstudy.org, two S's, or you can, uh, there's going to be an address at the end of the program. We'd love to not have to go backwards, we'd rather go forwards. The money you give here, we're a very shoestring operation. We've got a group of committed Christians that oversees the ministry, so your money goes where it's supposed to go, which overwhelmingly is buying airtime. The only person that gets paid in this, in this ministry is me, and it's a modest salary. Everybody else is a volunteer. So when you give here, it goes to preaching the gospel on television. So pray about that, pray for us, and I hope you have a great year. May the Lord bless you richly this coming year. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.